Hi everyone, I'm Anastasia. And I'm Lily. In light of the social justice demonstrations we've seen in athletics throughout 2020, especially in regards to Wisconsin teams and programs, we felt as though we couldn't stay silent any longer. We want to make it very clear that the two of us believe that Black Lives Matter and what has been happening in our country since its beginnings is unacceptable. We stand for change and for justice of those who have lost their lives to police brutality. While reading and watching athletic demonstrations of social justice, which includes unifying words on jerseys instead of names, Black Lives Matter apparel and game boycotts, we notice the same few questions arising from those who are not in support of the athletes or teams in their decisions. Today, Lily and I are welcoming a couple of guests to come answer these questions. We'll invite you to join Lily and I in listening to what our guests have to say. This platform is theirs, and we're grateful that they've chosen to share their voices and help enlighten all of us on recent events. If you want to help support the Black Lives Matter movement, you can donate to various victim funds, bail funds, policy reform organizations, community restoration organizations, and community enrichment organizations, both throughout the country and within your community. Support Black-owned businesses, read and listen to those who are willing to share their experiences of being Black in America, spread awareness, sign petitions, and contact local authorities demanding justice for all those who have been victims of police brutality and vote. But for now, we'd like to welcome our guests to answer some questions about the overlap between sports and social justice. Okay, guys, so we are here today because we all recognize that athletics play a much bigger role than simply just entertainment, right? It affects a whole ton of people connected to the industry. You've got everyone from the players to the news broadcasting people, uh, to those who work at the stadiums and the fans as well. And it has a huge reach. And now with social media, especially because a lot of demonstrations have been highlighted in the news, like Colin Kaepernick or the NBA boycotts, it's basically for consumption for anyone with a phone. So we're really happy that you guys are here today. We have Bryce Love from the Washington football team and Thomas Booker from Stanford. Um, as athletes, you guys are obviously involved in this industry and are the people that a lot of us are talking about. So we are really happy to have your voice and hear what you guys have to contribute to this conversation. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of comments from the general public um, on different posts on social media, such as Instagram. Um, and the same few questions have been repeatedly asked. So we thought we could provide, <laughs> we thought we could try to provide some possible answers um, and give this a more nuanced discussion rather than just an Instagram, Instagram comment thread. Uh, so jumping right into it, our first question is, do politics belong in sports? So, I mean, for me, I think that um, you can't divorce like sports from the real human beings that play the sports. You know, like everybody has an opinion, everybody has things they care about. And I think uh, that's always an interesting question. Do politics belong in sports? Because you see all the other initiatives that we push through sports about awareness, about so many different diseases and other issues that are valid, you know, but those aren't necessarily sports. But as soon as it becomes something that uh, a certain group or population doesn't agree with, it becomes an issue. Um, so it's just interesting to me how that logic just isn't applied the same around everything. So for me, I think that if you have an opinion that you feel strongly about, whether you're a uh, running back or a regular person, like you should be able to voice that opinion and not uh, face criticism from people, especially when it comes to something that really shouldn't be political um, about like people's lives mattering and then feeling safe uh, doing regular things that everyone should feel safe doing. 
Yeah, so to piggyback off what Thomas said, I think that uh, the biggest thing is to remember that athletes are humans as well. And, um, you know, just like everybody else, we have a right to an opinion. We have a right to say the things that we want to say. And we've been blessed with the platform to not only express these things, but at the same time, you know, we're also, um, you know, a lot of the youth look up to us as well. So, you know, it's kind of our obligation to, um, when we see things that are going wrong in society, not to fall back and just keep playing and ignoring the things that we see. Um, you know, it's our opportunity to to step up. I mean, even if you look at a league that's uh, majority black and, you know, unfortunately we don't have any black owners or anything like that, but it's about, it's about progress at the end of the day. And you see the things that Colin Kaepernick was doing, you know, we look back to even the Olympics in 1968 when, uh, you know, people were holding their fists up, you know, um, it's an opportunity to make history and to be on the right side of history at the end of the day. So, you know, we're thankful for the platform and, you know, we're humans as well. I really like that you brought up, I guess, the other examples in history, because I really do think it's important to look at those and recognize how we view them now. So for example, we definitely champion Jackie Robinson for what he did in his time. And so I think that definitely applies to what's going on today. And maybe we should take a look at what happened in the past in order to realize how we should be responding to what's going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess talking about that and these demonstrations, for example, we brought up Colin Kaepernick. There was also the NBA and WNBA boycotts, which lasted a day. Or Devin Williams, for example, on the Brewers would write BLM on the mound before he pitched. And a lot of people recognize these demonstrations. But a question that kept getting asked was, OK, well, what do these things really do? Yeah, um, I think personally, like, there's a kind of fine line between things that are like just for awareness, for awareness sake, and they don't do anything else. And like things that can lead to awareness that can actually lead to like concrete change. So I think when you look at a lot of the, a lot of the uh, symbolic gestures that the NBA does, having Black Lives Matter on the court or in their commercials or having the little name tags right over the jerseys, all that stuff, if you just look at it in its essence, you're like, all right, like what is this doing for the actual cause? You know, um, but I think when you look at it, like, there are a lot of families who have watching the NFL or the NBA as their tradition, right? Families that normally wouldn't have conversations about race, about police brutality, about a lot of salient issues that are going on right now, you know? And when their child goes and looks at the TV and sees Black Lives Matter spray painted everywhere in every single commercial about it, that conversation that they've been trying to go away from or not trying to talk about for years is forced to, to occur. They're like, why is this happening, you know? So I think, you kind of can underestimate the effect of like symbolic gestures when it comes to these things. But like we look at it with advertising for athletes all the time, like people and brands will pay for athletes to wear one piece of clothing and then it sets a trend and it's worth dollars, you know? So I think the same thing applies when it comes to Black Lives Matter or a lot of other social issues. When you see them in small places, but uh, with big representation, then they can make waves. Exactly, there's a huge reach when it comes to what you guys are doing. Yeah, along a similar line, you know, kind of like what I just referenced, uh, you know, we have the, the platform, kind of like what Thomas said about bringing awareness and bringing attention to it. And uh, just like he brought up with brands, you know, you pay people to wear different things, pay, pay people uh, to be seen in a certain product. It's the same kind of thing where you see where somebody stands, uh, you know, with that line or how they feel about a certain topic. And, you know, it means something for LeBron, for example, who is, you know, known around the world to stand up 
and say Black Lives Matter and to bring attention to these different things. And, uh, you know, it brings attention to it. It uh, brings conversations to the forefront and allows us to make progress because at the end of the day, acknowledging it and making progress, uh, you know, go hand in hand. And in order to make progress, you have to be aware of it and uh, want to elicit change in the first place. Right. So you're saying it's kind of like a good first step. Yeah. To start a lot of these conversations. Yeah. For sure. It's, I think, really great to be able to see and hear that in terms of how that reaches a little bit more palpable for the masses. So great to hear uh, your feedback on that. Um, and our final question revolves around um, a series of comments that we had been seeing on various posts where people were saying, what about the guys who don't agree with this? Um, so our final question is not every, uh, every single person in the world of athletics agrees with these demonstrations. What would you say to someone in the locker room who doesn't agree? I think it's a tough topic to broach just because I think this is a bit different than a couple of other issues that you might be on the other side of, you know, because I think a lot of black people view this as not really a political issue, but more of a humanitarian thing where like it's okay we, if we have differences in like how we think about healthcare policy or economic policy about how we think things should be distributed. But when it comes to like us um, showing our anger um, and desperation about like black lives being killed at disproportionate rates, uh, there's a, another side to it, you know? So I think that's tough to broach in the locker room. And I would assume that anybody that spent enough time around you, like your teammates uh, cares about you and you would hope they've cared about you. So I would assume that like if they're on the opposite side of that topic, it's not because I would hope that it's not because they sincerely don't care about your life or any other black person on the team's life. You know, it's more probably about another issue. So you would hope that you could be able to educate them and make them understand that like, by you saying that you are on the other side of this, it makes me feel as though you don't care about um, my life or anybody looks like me's life. And I'm sure that's not, or you hope that's not what they're trying to do. So just educating people on where you're coming from and why in an opposition to something you view as not political is kind of offensive. Hopefully you can find a kind of common ground with like, okay, I get where you're coming from. I don't mean to have it be like this. These are my real issues and move on from there. Well, yeah, I think personally, the biggest thing is uh, education. You know, it's not a political issue. So my biggest thing is I feel like it's all based on education. You know, kind of like what Thomas said, you would hope that it's not coming from a place of hate. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at the numbers, you look at the stats. Um, and I mean, it's just something that so many people in society, uh, you know, go through and live by that uh, it's, it's something that really can't be ignored. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, us as a team, the football team, Washington football team, you know, we've had a couple mm -hmm. conversations about it. And I feel like that's one of the big things you can do right now is talking about it, educating, um, you know, talking about your experiences and, um, coming to some fundamental conclusion just so people can learn, people become more educated. And, um, you know, you can go from there to build and start going into actionable deeds. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with what Bryce said. Like, if it's coming from a place of hate, then there's only so much you can do in terms of talking to somebody that really doesn't want to hear what you're saying, you know, regardless of the logic or whatever. But if it is coming from a place of kind of like, I don't understand where you're coming from, then there's like progress to be made and there can be a conversation. Because again, like I said, like you would hope that people are coming from a good place. It might just be a place of misunderstanding. So I guess that brings me to a follow-up question. On the topic of 
I guess this idea that if people are coming from hate, you were saying that maybe there isn't a place for progress. So I guess what are your thoughts on cancel culture when it comes to people like that? I think like for me at least, like you really do have to go case by case and try to like really figure mm -hmm. out like, all right, based on this person's history, is this a aberration or is this a trend? You know what I mean? So like if this is one slip up, then it might be on the, the, the lane of misunderstanding versus I just don't like you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's pretty hard to like diagnose something like that with the with the wide brush, just because like whenever there's a situation like it, you really do have to delve in and be like, all right, like, has this been this person's entire life? And are they not going to change? You know, or has this person supported these topics before or supported these people before? And this is a case of them not thinking enough or whatever, you know, so I'd say that in general, if you feel like it's on the, the airing on the side of misunderstanding, I don't think it's that productive to cancel someone over something that they can grow from. But there's a certain point where you do have, you do have to hold people to a standard and hold them accountable uh, for the words that they say, just like there's freedom of expression uh, for people to say whatever they want. There's also freedom of expression for people to respond to what you say, however they feel, you know, so it goes both ways. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I agree with that accountability bit. And, you know, I go back to the last point I made about, uh, you know, if it's coming from a place of hate, then again, you know, I feel like there's not really much you can do. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're trying to help educate somebody who's curious, then that's, I mean, the foundation of the progress we're trying to make. So, so at the end of the day, like when it comes to topics like these that are pretty well documented, ignorance is a, is a choice, you know? So, um, I think it's been talked about recently just with everything that's been going on and white people reaching out to their black friends, like try to help educate them. Um, the intent is good, but like, there's also a lot of exhaustion and fatigue on the part of black people um, on those topics. So while again, like it's good to ask questions, just know that like when those questions are within your own ability to answer for yourself, uh, do all that you can to do that so that you can approach a conversation that you might want to have with more nuanced perspective, you know? Is there anything else either of you guys want to add? Um, something that I've seen a lot in Instagram comment sections, like Bleach Report and basically everything is like, whenever there's anything related to Black Lives Matter, you see a string of comments talking about the organization and all this other stuff about how they don't support the organization. Mm -hmm. And I'd really just like to say like, the majority of people or a good amount of people who are saying that are not re necessarily referring to Black Lives Matter as an organization. Uh, regardless of how you may feel about the organization, but the simple statement, Black Lives Matter. Um, and it's gotten to the point for me where I feel like when people redirect the conversation to talking about the organization, their problems with the organization, it's a conscious redirection. It's not like a misunderstanding, you know? Um, so for me, mm -hmm. like so many athletes have said it now, like I'm just talking about the fact that Black lives should matter and that we should not be getting killed in disproportionate rates to everybody else, you know? So when people keep on uh, doing that redirection, it just comes off as I don't want to talk about the real issues. So I'm going to talk about uh, whatever makes my logic seem correct. So just understand the majority of people just mean it as a statement and all the things that entail with the statement and not the organization, regardless of your feelings about the organization. In terms of educating yourself, how I mean that is you can take any of the various topics of um, systematic or institutional racism that are currently going on and look at it with a fine tooth comb and educate yourself on it and be able to make informed decisions on ways to help in that regard. For example, 
uh, voter suppression. You know, that was a big issue with the last election. A lot of black people weren't able or a lot of minorities in general weren't able to go out and vote um, for whatever reason. You know, long lines, uh, work, you know, a lot of different things that this year, you know, we're bringing light on to to work through. On top of that, you can look at incarceration and uh, figuring out different ways to help with that. Um, donating to different causes or bringing light to certain cases that are currently going on or just, you know, educating yourselves on the numbers. And, you know, I feel like uh, one of the big things that s support um, the movement in general is just if you look at the numbers, uh, you know, numbers don't lie in their own regard. And, you know, if you look at those, they tell their own story. And it's hard to really refute that information. Okay, I'll say one other thing. I think, like, okay. uh, <laughs> one other thing, I'll be done. But uh, again, with like, yeah, with social media, like, especially with our generation, um, I think people have really been wondering, like, all right, what should I be putting into the space right now? Uh, since there could be a whole lot more, uh, like, important topics or whatever. And like, while I'm not telling people to not live their regular life and not post regular photos and all that. Um, just be kind of like conscious of what's going on. And again, like if things are really, really bothering the majority of the United States, like maybe it is time to just kind of wait on your brunch pick, you know? <laughs> uh, not that that should always be your thing, but just be understanding of what's going on in the space. Um, and kind of, it's one of those read the room type things, you know, where it's not that you can't live your normal life, but there's a whole lot of other people the wish that they could go on social media and just be able to see normal things. But because of everything that's going on right now, it's a stressful scenario where every single time you go on Twitter, you see a new video of a black person being shot by police on camera or treated harshly by police on camera. So just understand like the luxury of being kind of unbothered uh, about these things and being able to just proceed about your daily life and move around with that. It doesn't necessarily have to be on social media only, but in conversations that you have with people um, that are affected by these issues, you know, so just move around and be cognizant of everything that's going on. I, I definitely think that um, when it comes to be, being anti-racist or trying to work our way towards that, it's definitely an effort from everyone. We all have to put in uh, what we got. And I think self-education is really, really important. But I am also really, really happy that you guys came today and wanted to say something and wanted to share your voice. We hope our listeners learned a lot today, and we encourage you to go back to the beginning of the episode to listen to the action items we listed um, in support of Black Lives Matter, and also please remember to vote. Thank you guys so much.